So we saw last week that, that, that John rejoiced greatly that he found of the children there walking in truth. Now that means that some of them were walking in truth, but not all of them were walking in the truth. And the ones that he remarked about, the ones that were mentioned, were the ones that caused him to rejoice, which were the ones that were walking in truth. And what we saw was, you know, the, uh, what about the other children? Well, yeah, what about them? I mean, they're loved by God, they're redeemed. They could not be any more loved. They could not be any more important to God, but they, they were not mentioned, okay? And we talked about, there was no book of Orpah, okay? She turned back and Ruth followed. And, 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 and so the book is called Ruth, not Orpah. Why? Well, well what about Orpah? Well, I don't, I don't know. What about her? It doesn't say. So we want to be the children who walk in truth. We want God to look at us. And man, I rejoice greatly that I see these, these, this group of people walking in truth. We want to be remarked. We want to be remarkable right? So to, to do that, we saw last week, it's not enough to study God's word. That sounds like not very Baptist, okay? But it's true. So we do need to study God's word, but we also need to study our lives because it's not knowing God's word. Like, like we, could, we could form a monastery we could build big stone walls and we could all come in here and sit at uncomfortable tables and, and we could all just study God's word all day and become very, very knowledgeable. And why don't we do that? Well, because it's not just about studying God's word, is it? We're supposed to live out God's word. And John didn't say, I found of thy children learning lots of stuff. He said, I found of thy children walking in truth. So what we saw is that in order to walk in truth, this is by way of review for last week, we have to have the truth. Okay, so we looked at Proverbs chapter 22, and I'm going to just read that for you real quick. Proverbs 22, verse 17. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them, keep those, those words with thee. They shall be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Okay, so God's telling you, you can trust me today. If you haven't learned it yet, learn today, God says, that you can trust me. And here's how we know this. Have I not written to thee excellent things and counsels and in knowledge? It is the written word of God that lets us know that we can trust God that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth. Well, well, why do I need to know the certainty of the words of truth? That thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. So when someone comes and has a need and you're going to meet that need, are you going to be able to answer the words of truth to them? Okay, can you take the things that God has written unto you and now speak that into the lives of others? We're going to see that thing come full circle by the end of our time this morning. But so we do have the words of truth and we need to study this and we need to learn it. But that is not enough. We need to study our own lives. We looked at Proverbs 
426 last week. Ponder the paths of your feet and let all your ways be established. So it's not enough for me to study God's word. I have to study God's word and then I have to study my life. Wherewithal, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? How, does anybody know that? How, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to your word. So I take heed to my life. I pay attention to my life according to the word of God. We had the grandkids over and they were playing in the yard and they were barefoot. Okay, and they're running around barefoot and Jesse was helping. He was playing with them and he goes, hey, watch out for dog poop. And so the girls were like, you know, and they're looking all around trying to make, and I said, no, 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 no. Just watch where you put your feet. You don't have to identify every nasty pile of stuff out there. You just have to know where you're putting your feet and making sure you're not stepping in it. Okay, hello, somebody who is bearing the consequences of having stepped in it. You know what? You don't have to be an absolute Bible scholar, right? You just have to take heed to your ways. Ponder the paths of your feet. Thy word is a light unto my feet, a path, a light. So, 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 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my feet. Okay, there it is. So, does that make sense? If I'm going to walk in truth, I have to have the truth. And then I have to study my ways because this is the one pathway of blessing. Okay. There's a lot of voices coming at you. I would, you can't do what they all say because they're all saying different things. So what can you trust in to be the pathway of blessing? We have certainty of the words of truth. We have God's word. So like Sam was talking about the promised land for us is living my life according to the promises of God's word. The exceeding great and precious promises of God's word that you might be a partaker of the divine nature. There it is. Okay, so today we're moving on. We're moving on to verse number five. Okay, so last week we, we, we read, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. As we have received a commandment from the father. And verse five says, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto you but that which we have received from the beginning that we love one another so just by way of introduction walking in truth man when john saw that he rejoiced and i would say this when we walk in truth it causes others to rejoice it brings them joy why well because they're happy for you if I see you walking in truth, I'm like, yeah, go, Gene. I'm so happy for Gene. I'm happy for her sake because now she's on the pathway of blessing. And I love Gene. I don't want to see her end up, you know, off in the ditch of life. Again, like not, not Gene again, but you know what I'm saying? When I see you walk in truth, it brings you joy. When you see me walk in truth, it ought to bring you joy for my sake, but also for the kingdom's sake. You know, 
Like, hey, what did you do this week, Scott? Well, I discipled and I led a Bible study and I pray. Like, oh, that's so cool. That brings me joy. Why? Well, because I love God and I'm happy for his sake, uh, for, for God's sake, the kingdom's sake, but I'm also happy for Scott because he's, he's doing things that's going to result in blessing. Okay, so walk in truth. You should do that. And you're going to make other people happy, but they're really, they're happy for your sake. Okay. Now, at some point though, we need to change our focus from ourselves to others. At some point, we change our focus from walking in truth to walking in love. Now, we don't stop walking in truth. So ask, you know, someone who's fairly new in the faith, how was your week? And they'll say, well, I didn't cuss very much, and I didn't drink this week, and I didn't do drugs, and I didn't, you know, do all the things that I'm trying to stop doing this week. It's like, oh, well, that's great. What, what are they saying? They say, and they see they have a new life in Christ. They're trying to put off the old way of living, and they're trying to walk according to this new way of living. Praise the Lord. That's perfect. But at some point, we need to transition from, from simply walking in truth, which I don't mean simply like it's a, not a big deal, but to now loving others. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to see is that we're going to see it's a natural spiritual progression. We're also going to see it doesn't happen out of order. Trying to love without having the truth isn't going to work, Okay. You have to, to walk in truth, and then you have to learn to love. So let's look at it. The verse starts with, and now. Verse 5 says, and now. So, so you know, I, I hope I'm not moving too fast for you in the profundity of this, this uh, next statement, maybe. But, but verse 5 comes after verse 4. And now. So next, in addition to, okay? So you're walking in truth. Now we need to walk in love. And this is key point number one. Walking in love is added to walking in truth. Because if we're not walking in truth, we'll be too needy, that is self-focused, to walk in love. All right, so, so I've got my parents here. That's super cool having you guys up. My illustration for this, though, was Christine's dad. Okay, so, so Christine's dad is very hard to buy Christmas presents for. And he'll tell you, don't buy me anything. He says, I, I, I just go buy whatever I want. If I want something, I just go buy it. I don't, I don't need anything. In fact, I've got too much stuff. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. He says, I'm only coming to Christmas to give gifts to people because my house is full. The Christmas present we bought him this year, he left at our house. You know. Okay. So it's okay because it was a bike light, so I could use it myself, you know. So, um, okay. So he, on Christmas morning, he wakes up and you know what? He's just excited about what he's giving. You know why? Because he's full. He doesn't want anything because he doesn't need anything because he's full. So he's able to simply give. 
Okay, so that's an, a spiritual illustration of somebody who has the kind of relationship with God that they're not needy anymore. So they can come to service and their whole intention, it's to worship God and it's to learn from God. But when it comes to interacting with others, the whole question is, what, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Do you need anything? Clarence's question to Jorge, hey, what can we do for you? That happens spiritually. And the point is when we walk in truth, we're walking with God. And when we walk with God in his presence is fullness of joy and we're really not needy, I don't need to come here and kind of like get a lot of things from anybody because I'm full. Okay, so, so we'll look at that. But if we're not walking in truth, we're not going to be able to walk in love because we're not simply giving. We're, we can end up being needy ourselves. And so the verse goes on, I, I beseech thee. So to beseech somebody, who knows what that is? What, what does that even mean? Beseech. It is, it is making a request. So what it is, is an, it's to draw people in. It's to invoke them, draw them near. It's to plead with them. It's like, okay, guys, listen, bring it in. Everybody, come, come on. That's what God is doing. He's beseeching us. That's what John is saying here, okay? You're walking in truth. Now, listen, good job. That brings me great joy, but I'm beseeching you now. I'm drawing you in. And so, listen, you need to know what beseech is. And then you need to be beseechable. Okay, that is not a word, I confess. But, but God, has he not beseeched you? Jesus said, the son of man, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And if you're not drawn by that kind of love, then you don't understand that kind of love. And you've been immunized against it because the world, through religious people, through evil people, trying to control you through whatever, like, like you've, listen, you've been beseeched by God and it's our job to be beseechable. And when he says, I'm drawing you to myself, our response should be to be drawn in. Okay, be beseechable. So John says, I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee. I'm not telling you anything new here. Okay, we saw this in 1 John, if you were with us in that series. So this is not some new thing. This is what God has been saying all along in terms of us loving each other. And here it is. The commandment which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Now, is that not the most beautiful commandment imaginable? And it speaks to the nature of God. God says, if, if, if I could have anything out of you, here's what I really want. I just want you, here, go back. I just want you to love one another. And that just speaks to God's nature. It's so cool. What do you really want from me, God? I just want you to love each other. How hard is that? Oh, it's impossible. Like, have you met Patrick? I mean, come on. I have to love Patrick. That's impossible. 
God just must shake his head at us so often. Anyway, okay. So I've got this big, um, we've got this big table on your handout because there's a pattern I want to point out. So in the book of Second John, this is the first column in your table. It says the book of Second John. And the first little thing there is walk in truth. That's what we saw last week. And now love one another. So the pattern goes, first you walk in truth, okay, and now we're going to love one another. And then what we're going to see later on in 1 John is, or 2 John, is that there's no loss if we do that, but full reward. Now, we finished our fellowship series in 1 John, and if you remember the logo from that series, this is it. We've got light love and life not not in that order but this was the outline for the book of first john first of all it's all about god is light and in him is no darkness if you say you have fellowship with him but you walk in darkness you lie you do not the truth why because god is light and if you look at those first couple chapters it's light 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 but then as you get to chapters like three and four it switches over to love Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. No greater love has, so it just goes to love, love, love. And then finally, the last chapter is, is about the life that comes. And so this follows the same pattern. So chapters one through three, go to there. Okay, God is light. That's what we see in First John. Okay, go to the next one. Chapters three and four, God is love. And then finally, the next one, chapter five, God is life. Now, walking in truth, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, right? God is love, and then comes life. And it's the same pattern that we're seeing in Second John. We walk in truth, we walk in love. The result is we don't suffer loss. Okay, now our, our living well class, this will be the third column, our living well class verse for the year is Genesis 49, 22, and the vision is a garden where it's a place for God and it's a place for people. Okay, so we see that pictured in this verse. Joseph is a fruitful bough, um, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. So there's this garden, it's got walls, it's a, it's a protected enclosed environment designed for fellowship and that's pictured by the well and the spirit and the branch is part of something bigger than itself that brings forth life but then it extends outward and the picture is that we're going to have living well class as a garden be a place for god it's a place where god is honored it's a place where god is welcome and his presence is acknowledged how do we do that we walk in truth okay but it's also a place for people. So in this garden, in this place, it's a place where God and people can meet together. And then we as God's people, so we have fellowship with God and fellowship with each other, okay? And then that, that environment is something to invite people to that's going to be fruitful. So what we then do is we extend, okay? invitation to others to come be a part of the fellowship that we have with god and we have with each other and that's the same pattern okay 
Our MBT and living well class structure is set up deliberately for people to be able to walk in truth. You can't walk in truth if you don't know the truth. So we have discipleship. We have LFBI. We have our Bible studies. Why? So you can study the truth and learn the truth and walk in truth personally. And I see you do that and I rejoice. But then at some point, it can't just be you in a monastery studying the Bible, getting smarter. You actually have to start to apply this. And so then we have the ministry structures. So you join a ministry team. And you know what? Now I got to get there early. Yes, praise the Lord. Man, now I got to stay late and clean up. Yes, praise the Lord. You know what you're doing? You're serving the body in love. And now you're, you're meeting the needs of the body of Christ. You know how that pleases the Father as you love on other people through ministry and service? Our hospitality ministry needs to be such, and I'm not saying it isn't, but it needs to be such that people come in here and they just, they're overwhelmed with the love of God because it is demonstrated through God's people who have just said, I will get plugged in and serve. And then you get trained up in ministry as you join the ministry. What that results in is functionality and fruitfulness at a corporate level. The last column is your personal walk. So walking in truth, that's your walk with God. Flip over to Ephesians 5.1 with me. Just stay there in Ephesians. We'll see the same pattern. Just presenting this pattern to us before we go into our small groups. Okay, so thus far, everything that Paul has laid out in Ephesians, he, he says this, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Okay, follow God. What God has commanded us, we should do that. That's what John said in 2 John. Walk in truth as you have received the commandment with the Father. So I draw near to God in my quiet time, and it's all nice and bluebirds and butterflies and, you know, acoustic guitar music, and, and it's just all great. But then as I go walk through my day, I need to stay abiding his presence with me so I don't leave God in my quiet time and then I go join the devil in my work week, right? I walk with him. And, and so, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So in my quiet time, I get filled up. Okay, so after lunch today, I'm not going to want to eat. I'm going to be full. I'm going to leave the table. I'm not going to leave the table and walk to the fridge and get more food. You know why? Because the full soul loatheth the honeycomb. Even if it's really good, if I'm full, I don't want it, right? I leave my quiet time and I enter into the world. The world offers me lots of things. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm walking with God. I'm full. He satisfy, satisfieth my soul. So I can approach my life and my activities like Christine's dad. It's like, no, no, I got enough stuff. I don't need anything the world offers me. And those bitter things of the world? No, thank you. I'm not a hungry soul. Now, if I don't eat again until morning, I'm going to be a hungry soul. Okay. So what are we doing out during the week? We're, we're staying 
fulfilled, our state keeping our soul satisfied with the things of God and the presence of God. Okay, so, man, once I've done that, I'm not a hungry soul. My soul is satisfied with the presence of the Lord. I'm walking with him. You guys got that, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. Now what? Now what? Huh? Yes. Okay, so I'm walking with God. I'm walking in truth. Now what? Well, I'm full. I should go do something. Yes. What should I do? I'm going to now walk in love. This is walking with Jesus. So back, we're still in Ephesians 5. One, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved. As, as Christ also hath loved us. Okay, so there's a difference between walking with God and walking with Christ. 1 John 3, 16 says, hereby perceive we the love of God because Christ laid down his life for us. No greater love than that, right? Oh, and ye also should lay down your life. So that, you guys see that? Walk in truth, walk with God. Walk in love, you're walking with Christ. You're doing what Christ did and just lay down your life for others. And then finally, the last one there is to walk in the spirit. So Ephesians 5, 9, for the fruit of the Spirit. Talking about verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So I walk with God the Father. I walk with Jesus Christ. And now as I walk in the Spirit, and here's what happens. As I walk in truth, and I come in here, and I meet with you all, and you all have been walking in truth, and now we come in here, and we're serving and loving one another, the action, the Holy Spirit is active. Do you remember that verse I read in Proverbs, Proverbs 22, about the certainty of the words of truth? Okay, have I not written unto thee excellent things and knowledge and in counsels that thou mightest have certainty of the words of truth? Here's what it, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that come unto thee. Okay, so if I'm God the Father and living well class is praying for our growth, that we might be a functional disciple-making ministry. If I'm God, here's a question I would have. Okay, if I allow you to be fruitful, if I send you my children, number one, are you going to love them? Because if you're going to mistreat my kids, not only am I not going to send you kids, I, I think, why, well, obviously, you're not going to send your kids. to. Okay. I don't have to get mad about it. Okay. Okay. Are you going to love them? Number two, are you going to speak the words of truth to them? That is a function of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the teacher who teaches us spiritual things, which the natural man cannot perceive. Make sense? Okay, so walk with God, walk with Jesus, walk in the Spirit, light, love, life, a place for God, a place for people, and then fruitfulness. That's what we're trusting God for.
if if we walk in truth, we're going to get to the point where we're satisfied and we're looking around for something to do. Okay, walk in love. And if we do that, I believe we're going to have life. Light, then love, then life. Okay, that's what we're trusting God for. Okay, so key point number two, loving one another is a change of focus from my needs to others' needs. You guys, we're saying kind of the same things. We're doing the same things in here. The difference is if I'm in a small group and I'm not a hungry soul, so to speak, I am free to focus on others. I don't have to talk about myself. I don't have to tell you what I think. I can just simply come alongside you and be like, oh, well, God said something about that or just love on you. Depends on where you're at. Maybe just comfort, love, maybe edify and exhort. It just the spirit will lead you if, if that's where we're at. So, okay, so that's it. Just a, That's where we're at. So in terms of our small group time together, this would be the question. What is God showing you from today's scripture? Talk about that. Does your soul feel full after your quiet time? If so, or if not, why, why do you think that is? Then number three, is there a next step for you in the living well class or MBT structure? And if so, what is that step? And what, when are you going to take it? So we'll just stay, you know, we'll, we'll just have our small groups now and then we'll be done. And in 20 minutes, we'll just do a wrap up. Okay. So I don't, we won't need a report from every group necessarily, but if there's, if there's something in your group, if there's a small group leader there, and if there's something in your group that everybody definitely needs to hear, maybe you could be prepared to just share that in about a minute or so, so that we can get everything covered. So we'll go and break up in our small groups now.